All right. We are in this series of practices. We believe that our faith is practice. Uh, we call doctors those who practice medicine. All right. And some of you know that they're practicing and they're learning, right? Janice knows. Some other people know they're making mistakes. They're practicing. They don't just believe that certain procedures will work or certain medications will work. Uh, they actually have to put it into practice and try it out. And sometimes it's through trial and error. Faith is practice. We practice our faith. It's not something we just believe in. It's not just something that we uh, assume to be true. It's something that we practice. We practice living in love. We practice believing that love is what will change the world. And we experiment with it, right? And we, we, um, sometimes we, we get it wrong. And we're always, Jesus is so kind and gracious to always invite us back into love and always gently lead us back into uh, the way and the path of love, the way of peace and shalom. And so we are talking this whole year about the practice of our faith, the ways we can be followers of Jesus. And we have identified four practices, right? Center, root. Open and share. We will center everyone and everything on Jesus. We will root in place with people. We will open our doors, our tables, our hands to people in love and in hospitality. And we will share transformative life with Jesus and one another. These are the practices that we're stepping into. This isn't the full summation of following Jesus, but these are pretty great life-giving, world-transforming practices if we step into them with Jesus as our guide. So last time we talked about centering everyone and everything on Jesus, how we're not going to focus so much on behaviors and beliefs, but we're focusing on people's direction and orientation to the center, Jesus. We're inviting people to the light and love of Jesus, and we're going to let Jesus do the work. And we will point one another to Jesus. Today, we're just going to introduce root. What does it mean to root in place with people? We root in place with people. Let's just define place and people. What is place? Place is creation. Place is the dirt. Place is the sidewalks and the streets, the buildings, and uh, the air we breathe, all right? It's the physical surroundings that we occupy, that we take up space in. This is the place. And let me tell you, God loves place. He loves physical, physical material world. We'll talk about that in a minute. People. What do we mean by people? We mean by people the human beings that live in the place, that breathe in the air of the place, that pound their feet on the ground and walk the sidewalks and live in the dwellings all around us, the people that we interact with and relate with. This is the people of a particular place in a particular moment. That is where what we're talking about, the place and the people, the physical flesh and bone of people. The people also includes the stories, the pain, the history of a person, your trauma, your, your dreams, your future, your hopes for all that's to come. This is 
the people. All right. And we're going to root in place, this place, this neighborhood, where you live and what, and we're going to be with the people that occupy that place. And so real quick, we're going to, I'm calling us, the invitation of root is to stay put, pay attention and get dirty. All right. That's where we're going to end up here. We're going to stay put, pay attention and get dirty. All right. In Spanish, that's quedarse quieto, prestar atención, right? Am I good? And en su quiarse. No? Bien. All right. Gracias. Okay. Foundations. Foundations of this. We're just laying the foundation here. We're going to walk through these practices for the next five or six months, just kind of exposing ourselves to them, going deeper and deeper each time. So here's the introduction. Here's the foundations, the cimientos that we're here. We need to talk about why we root in place with people. And here are the scriptural foundations. Here, because God uh, loves place and made place. So here it is. People in place are good. Can I get an amen on that one? All right. People and place are good. The ground is good. The pavement is good. The, the physical surroundings. There's some traditions in, in our church traditions that say, hey, um, the, the earth is, is corrupt and God wants nothing to do with it. It's going to all burn in, fi- in fire and um, that's bad. We need to be heavenly minded, right? Well, God, people and place are good. We'll jump into that. I'm getting ahead of myself. People and place are groaning. They're groaning. All is not well in this world. All is not well in this place. All is not well in the hearts of us, in our neighbors, in our people. There's a lot of pain. There's a lot of suffering. People in place, though, are getting made new, right? So it's good, it's groaning, and it's getting made new. Let's walk through this real quick. Next uh, slide there. People in place are good, People in place are good. Let's just look at this. The very beginning of this story, all right, of God making the heavens and the earth. God saw, he's made, he's created, he spoke the world into existence. God saw everything that he made and behold, it was very good, very good. Right, And he said this six times already. This is the seventh time he said this in this creation story, which is the number of wholeness, completeness, fullness. He's saying, this is really, really good. I am glad I made the world, the physical space and place that I've created, the people I have created. People and place are good. Next one. We, place is good and we are good partners with God, all right? So God created this really good world that's beautiful and life-giving, and he has invited us from the very beginning to be partners with God, all right? Read this. God blessed them. This is Adam and Eve. And God said to these first humans, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. From the very beginning, God didn't just create the world to like let it run like a clock that just goes on its own. He didn't run. He's not just looking to run the world by himself. He's invited us from the very beginning to have partnership, to be co-creators. So he makes this beautiful world and he's like, hey, Let's make this better together. Let's just make this even more beautiful together. Let's 
Let's be gardeners together and till the soil and create new things and invent new things and build cities and technology. All of this stuff is, is, is good. And God has invited us to be good partners from the very beginning in making more life, more love, more beauty. So that's a foundation of this root. Okay. So you with me? People in place are good. God made it good. And we're good partners with a good God in a good creation. Got it? All right. Now here's the bummer part, right? The sad reality is that um, creation is groaning. That sin has entered the world. That Adam and Eve, the first human beings, decided, hey, we aren't going to partner with God. We are going to try to do it on our own. We reject God as a good creator and as a good Lord and as a good shepherd. And we think we can figure this out. With that, says the wages of sin is death. That means the consequences of sin is death. That means rejecting God as your good shepherd and going it on your own leads, we mess it up. And so all creation groans. It's full of pain. It's full of pain. Here's the verse here. Genesis 3.17, right after God invites us to be good partners, we reject God. We buy the lie of the enemy. And it says, curse is the ground. In pain, you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles. Have you guys ever had a splinter, a blister? It shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face, you shall eat bread till you return to the ground. For out of it, you were taken. You are dust, and to dust you shall return. I don't have to unpack all the pain that this world has, right? I don't have to unpack the groaning we hear on our streets, the groaning that we heard today, the groaning we heard last night, the gunshots, the, the, the cries of mental anguish that we heard, the, the earth is groaning. People are groaning. There's pain and suffering and sickness. Here's Romans 8. For we know that the whole creation, all of place and all of people has been groaning together as if in the pains of childbirth until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves, we have the first fruits of the spirit. We groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons. We hurt, we mourn, we ache. Our bodies ache, our hearts ache, our spirits ache. Because of the sins committed against us, the ways that people have mistreated us, and for the ways that we have mistreated others and we've contributed to the pain of the world. We're all in this together. So, people and place are good. People and place are groaning. There's unimaginable pain that we carry in our hearts and in our stories and in the very ground. But here's the good news, because it's not hopeless. And we can get hopeless sometimes. We can get really hopeless sometimes. But people and place are getting made new. Perfection is lost. Paradise is lost. But it's being restored. Right? God hasn't given up on us. God hasn't given up on your situations. God hasn't given up in your addiction. God hasn't given up in the loss and the pain of relationships that you have. God hasn't given up on the doubt that you have. God hasn't given up in the darkness. He will show up as the light. 
He will show up as the hope in your despair. That is what his word promises. We have great hope rooted in the death and resurrection and return of Jesus. So here in the very same passage, Romans 8, people in place are getting made new and we are good partners in the renewal. For I consider, this is Paul again, just a couple verses from the verse I just read. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. No matter how much pain you're experiencing right now, right? No matter how much pain you have for the people in your life that are suffering so much, this says it will not compare to the release, to the healing, to the restoration that is to come. Verse 20, for the creation was subject to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it. Verse 21, in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and attain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. Here it is. We are being restored. We are being released from our bondage. Redemption and salvation isn't just about people. Sometimes we think it's just about people, but it's about place as well. So let's look at that. Isaiah 65, this is one of my favorite passages in all scripture. We'll dive into this a little bit more. But God says, this is a prophecy of what Jesus' life and death and resurrection will achieve. All right? This is a prophecy of what Jesus will unleash in the world. It says, for behold, I create a new heavens and a new earth, and the former things shall not be remembered or come into mind. But be glad and rejoice forever in that which I create. For behold, I create Jerusalem, that is a place, a physical city, to be a joy, and her people, place and people, to be a gladness. Let's go down this a little bit more. I will rejoice in Jerusalem and be glad in my people. No more shall there be heard in it the sound of weeping and the cry of distress. No more shall there be in it an infant who lives but just a few days or an old man who does not fill out his days. For the young man shall die a hundred years old and the sinner a hundred years old shall be accursed. That's saying we will live the fullness of our days. Can you imagine the international district without the crying and the groaning that we hear in the streets? Can you imagine that? Can you imagine the people, our people, we, with homes that we built and live in, not just built for other people? Can you imagine no more crying and weeping, no more babies dying, no more people dying of overdoses and violence and mental illness? This is what Jesus is doing. This is what his life, his death, his resurrection is, has unleashed in the world. Creation is good. Creation is groaning. And God is on the move to wipe away every tear from our faces. He is comforting us. He is restoring us. That's why our church is called New Creation, Albuquerque, right? 2 Corinthians 5.17, all who are in Christ, there's new creation, a renewed hope, restoration, healing. It's not forgetting 
what's come behind, but it's restoring what is what we've lost, and it's bringing hope and healing. Uh, verse 21, that's where I got this real quick. They shall build houses and inhabit them, right? Um, they'll plant vineyards, and they'll eat of their fruit. Uh, we'll, we'll go into that later. Skip to the next uh, slide and then the next one, Blanca. All right. So if people and place are good, if people and place are groaning in unimaginable pain, and if God is actually on the move to make all things new, then what about us? Right? Si entonces, ¿qué hay de nosotros? Pretty good. What about us? Well, the Spirit of God is inviting us to root, to root in place with people. He's inviting us to stay put, pay attention, and get dirty. He's inviting us to be good partners with him, a good God who loves this good place, and he wants us to be partners with him in the restoration of all things. Here is Jeremiah 29, 4 through 11. I love what this says. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all who I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. They're in enemy territory. He tells them, while you're there, stay put, pay attention, and get dirty. He says, build houses and settle down. He says, plant gardens and eat what they produce. He says, marry And have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there. Do not decrease. What what is this? If you are getting married and having children and finding spouses for your children to have, what is that indicate that there's some hope? That you have hope for the future? When we've lost hope for the future, we often want to pull back from producing Um, progeny, right? From bringing children into the world. And I know some of us have had that thought, I don't want to bring a child into this world. It's too painful. But God says, there's hope. I'm on the move to restore. People are groaning, but we are on uh, the move as the people of God to bring healing and restoration. Have children, plant yourself, be present in this world, stay put. And then it says, In verse 7, seek the peace and prosperity of the city, of the place to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. See, people and place are connected. We can't just focus on people and ignore the place Right. This is kind of makes sense if if the air, uh, because of pollution and, and lack of of, of, of there's this trash and all if the environment is harming people, then we need to pay, pay attention to the environment, to the place. Place and people are connected. People impact place and place impacts people. And so the flourishing, the new creation hope that God is bringing about is for both place and people together. All creation are being restored and made nude. This, we're all getting caught up in the redeeming love of God. So, The Spirit of God is inviting us to stay put, pay attention, and get dirty. Get dirty meaning partner with God, a good God, in his good creation, with the people that he sees as good, and is inviting them into his healing. So real quick, let me just, let's give us some practical handles here. 
If we are to root in place with people, if we are to stay put, that means we're going to resist the call of our culture to be busy, right? To get busy and to move up and out, all right? To get bigger and better stuff. Now, this is tough, and I, I will not, I think when we have, if you've grown in, up in poverty, and in neighborhoods that are oppressive, I, I understand, and I would never like say, don't leave. But I would say, consider staying, all right? Or if you need to get out for a little bit, come on back after a little while, because we need you. This neighborhood needs you. This neighborhood and the people of this place, you, you want to escape, but they need people with the same story that can offer them the same healing that you received. And so sometimes the place of our deepest pain is the place of our deepest healing, and then we can be a part of the healing that's taking place that God is doing. So I offer that to you as an invitation and something to consider. I offer that to those who want to be a part of, the, of, of alleviating the groaning in the world, to consider moving into the places of groaning, to get near to suffering. Don't avoid it, but get near it because the love of God will make all things new and you will experience the greatest joy. So stay put. Next, pay attention. It's not just enough to just hang out, but we're listening. What are we listening for? First, we're listening to the place itself. Do you ever just stop? Let's just stop for a minute. What do you hear? Cars speeding on Zuni. Children. Heat coming into the building. Laughter. (laughs) We always hear Ferrari over there. We need to listen to the place. God's, God's in this place, and he wants us to have our ears perked for what is happening. We need to listen to people. We need to listen to the people in this place. Sometimes we, uh, well, I'll talk about that in a minute. We need to listen to the stories and the histories and the pain and the hopes and the dreams that people have. And we need to get alongside of one another. And most of all, we need to listen to Jesus, the Spirit, in this place. God is inviting us always, hey, that person, what's happened in that person's life? What am I doing in that person's life? How can, I want you to join me. I want you to be a good partner in the good work I'm doing in that person's life. Come alongside. But if we're going to do that, we have to listen. We have to listen to the people. We have to listen to the place. We have to listen to God, the Spirit, in that place at work. Pay attention. Next, um, I was going to say this real quick. We have paid attention. We can get better at paying attention. But the story of this place and our community, I want to just say, you've done a good job of listening. And we need to get better and better at listening. But what we have done, we, you know, with our housing, our home together, we spent five months just listening to the neighborhood, listening to our stories, listening to the hopes and dreams. And that's where that housing um, home together came out of um, let's get dirty here. Next, next slide here. Get dirty. We're partnering with what God is already doing and at work. All right. We don't come bringing God to this place or to any place. We don't bring, we are not the light of the world. Everyone say, I am not the light of the world. 
The light of the world's already ahead of you. You can say that too. The light of the world's already ahead of me. My job is to point people to the light, not bring the light. Because we become, we're not the savior, Jesus is. And what's happened is, especially white people, raise your hand, I'm a white person. We come into places, I came into this place, and I'm like, hey, I got, I'm the light of the world. I'm going to point you to the light. I'm going to save you. That's done a lot of damage in the world. Amen? Please. All right? I've done damage in the world. This is called paternalism. It's called colonialism. It's called the history of the American church. I'm sorry. We've, got, we've done bad. We've done wrong. And we're still messing up, but we're learning. All right? All right? So we need to partner with what God is already doing, humbly listening to what people are already doing. People that aren't even followers of Jesus that are already doing because God's at work. God's at work. I was at a meeting last night. Tons of, I don't, I don't know how, I don't think many of them would consider themselves followers of Jesus. They love this neighborhood and they love this place and they love this people. And there were tears, you know, the Walmart's closing March 10th. That's going to pull out a bunch of fresh food, pull out a bunch of farm, people's pharmacy, people's banking, people who can't drive to another Walmart or to another store. A big hole has come into our neighborhood. There's more groaning about to happen in our neighborhood. And there's people crying, con- concerned, groaning with this. But we can join with them. We can join with what God is doing and what God is doing in this place. All right. So we're going to get dirty. All right, we're going to get our hands dirty. We're going to get in this place. We're going to root. So let me just to reemphasize what I just said. Our call is not, uh, you're right. Our call is not to bring to, but to join with. All right. We are going to join with the people in this place. We are going to join with God in this place. Next slide. Our, we don't make a difference. We join the difference that God is already making. And we have a good, good God who is on the move, making a good difference in the world. And so what does it mean to root? It means to stay put, pay attention, and get dirty. All right? That's what we want to root in place with people. And we'll talk more about it. So let's stand and um, sing one last song. I love this song. This is uh, calling us to remember uh, the this is based on the Beatitudes. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who are persecuted or hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called children of God. Blessed are those persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who came before you. I pray that we would all be prophets of the good God who is making a good difference, renewing a groaning world. Let's sing in partnership with what God is doing in this world.